thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Anthony Crawford and Savannah Lee make up the duo of Sugarcane Jane, heralding from Loxley, Alabama, referred to by the Washington Times as one of the best duos since Johnny and June. Anthony spent a large portion of his career with Neil Young and then Steve Winwood and Dwight Yoakam, just to name a few. As Sugarcane Jane, he and Savannah have produced 11 studio albums with their latest entitled On a Mission. The two join us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles for an inspirational chat about life, their music, their career, and their latest record. All right, we are with Anthony and Savannah of Sugarcane Jane. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Hey, Greg. Thank you. Hey, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. It's um, We were talking offline. It's uh, We've been able to... to uh, talk like this a couple times, so it's good to reconnect with you guys. You guys got some new stuff going on in, in your music career. Uh, for those uh, folks that are listening that, that maybe didn't get a chance to tune in, I think it was maybe 2020 the last time we talked, and a lot has happened <laughs> in the world since then for sure. Um, but let's let's maybe just do a quick recap of, of who you guys are and, and how you got together. I, I know, Anthony, you, you've done a bunch of stuff. When did you start? playing music oh the uh very first time i there is a story behind that i i I know that my my conscious mind made a decision probably when i was seven years old wow my sister my sister had a date with a guy that came over to pick her up and i i was i answered the door and uh he had this little Mickey Mouse plastic guitar in his hand. <laughs> and and I was thinking, well, what's this all about? And he handed it to me. And it happened to be tuned in a a way that it just vibrated my soul. I, I, mm. I, I was like, you know, like a, a, a kid eating sugar for the first time in wow. the face. Probably was a woo. <laughs> and, and it struck deep, deep into me. And. I, it's almost like I was retired from age seven because I never have had to work. I've I've loved music and just all things about it. That's awesome. Since I was that young, I, it, it was uh, a journey that I started early on. And when did it when did it click for you that 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 vision at seven uh, as a as a, a young man actually was going to make sense and and you were going to be able to to stay retired your whole life and do what you love to do well there's a story about that (laughs) you know the first time that you realize wait a minute i went and worked for my brother uh he was uh working in downtown birmingham alabama and at a, a scrap metal yard he was married to the owner's daughter so he got me a job. I was at the time maybe 16, 17, somewhere in my mid to late teens. I think I was out of high school, maybe uh-huh. 18 or whatever. But nonetheless, I I had been playing music out and making 
you know, the money back then, if you made a hundred bucks in one night, you were, you were like, uh, wow, yeah. that's great money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because ultimately I realized that when he gave me the job, I lasted about two weeks at the most because I would have to be there at five thirty in the morning or mm. six and yeah. work till three or four, four o'clock in the afternoon. Just, what you know, you do, do in there? You're like I was sorting, sorting now, sorting beer cans that people brought in that was like on a conveyor belt oh, wow. <laughs> i mean it was just like nastiness and and so i realized wait a minute i even though i'm bad at math generally i figured that if i just went out and played music i would make way more because i was only making maybe 200 dollars a week uh-huh. you know and i could go out and play music and do that easily yeah and have a beer and have fun and play my guitar. So <laughs> right, right. I just knew probably at 16 years old or 17, I was, I was, uh, very clear that this was my path. But yeah. then I guess the next question to me, I'll put this out there. There's another phase to that as well as you're out there. And after you've made all those prior decisions, you find yourself to be 45, 50, whatever you got, uh, no security. Uh-huh. except your memories and the future, you know, and that's what music is to me is it's, it's one of those things that it, like uh, surfing there, there's nothing to hold on to. You're, you're just out there and you're having, you're riding a wave and music is a wave and you're riding it. And uh, if you fall, you know, you just, that's it, you know? Right. So, you know, I didn't ever go the path. I've got a lot of friends who are retiring now and, I look at them and they all work a job and all that. So they're, uh, they're all set, but yeah. they look at me and they come see me play and they're it's, you know, they love what I'm doing. So it, it all worked out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard it said before, if, if you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Um, Correct. And, yeah. and so I, 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 I I hear in your voice, and I know you guys love what you do. So, uh, you do it, and you do it until you can't do it anymore, right? Um, there, there is yeah. the word retire doesn't really fit anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to retire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, I, that's 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 a uh, you know language for another lifestyle that doesn't really compute to the musician, the right. lifer musician, the right. true people that give their life to it. Yeah, yeah. So in in between that seventeen year old self and and the the fifty year old uh, revelation that you had there, there was a lot of um, working with a lot of uh, well known artists. Uh, you know, Dwight Yoakam, Stevie Winwood, and Neil Young. I think didn't didn't you spend some time with him on stage in his band with with Neil? Uh, well, all of them, yes. I spent most of my time, believe it or not, with Neil off and on for, gosh, I started with him somewhere in 1982, uh, maybe somewhere in the late 1982. And then from that point on, it seemed like we just, we worked all the time, went everywhere. Uh, I was a part of the International Harvesters. First, I was a part of a band he had called Neil and the Shocking Pinks, mm. and it. Uh, mm. So I go that far back, and and I even have credit on the Trans album, and I go pretty good ways back. I mean, 
he was only 10 years removed from doing harvest, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he was still a young guy. I think he was like maybe 36 years old or 37. I was in my early 20s, 24. And then the heart, the uh, heart of gold. A movie that you did? Yeah, I did some Heart, uh, Heart of Gold movie with him at the uh, Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Just lots of good things. Great memories of working with Neil. It was um, a ride to the very top of the heap. You know, mm-hmm. he's <laughs> loved by everybody, and, and they're all kind of fans that are such Neil Young fans that when we would go do shows, he would have Wilco and Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, I mean, I don't care who it was. Yeah. They just, they did not, they don't care for anybody but Neil. Mm, He's got this fan base. You know what I'm saying? They'll put up, they'll put up with an opener no matter who it is. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, Wilco, (laughs) they're there to see Neil. And so, you know, being in Neil Young's band, I always thought that that might be something that would catapult me into that crowd but not so i i uh found it to be the opposite effect mm. but from uh working with with neil i also met some people that knew steve winwood and and i i went out on the roll with it tour it was the end of his back in the high life and his start and roll with sure, it yeah. or whatever and that was like a number one record in the world and yeah and it was exciting you know and uh and then also we went and I, I later wound up with Dwight Yoakam. I, I was working with Steve Forbert and we went out to Los Angeles to work with Pete Anderson, who was producing Steve and Pete's a basketball fanatic. So I, he had a basketball and a goal out by the studio. So I would shoot hoops with him and somehow that resonated with him enough to want to do a record on me. Hmm. And so, he started Little Dog Records to put my record out. Mm. So I've I've had a great journey with just odd little stories. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So when when did the two of you, Savannah? When did you guys? How did you guys find each other? And and where in that journey did you guys connect? Well, we I was up in Nashville, you know, um, just doing some studio work uh, and play into little writer's nights places. And uh, I had a uh, analog recording studio I was also managing called Deep Field Studio. Mm-hmm. And that was in uh, Westmead. And Anthony, was he would come over and record there. So that's how we actually met. And then uh, mm. we're friends for probably, uh, what, about six or seven years before we actually got to do any kind of music together. And I was kind of getting out of town and he offered to do a record on me. Cause I hadn't, I had been up in Nashville for mm-hmm. seven years and never really did any, anything musically for myself. So he did that. And when we, uh, when we sang together, you know, we just kind of, we, we fell for each other for the music. Yeah. And, um, and then it was just, I don't know, it just all seemed perfect, really. So here we are three kids later, and it <laughs> worked out. Like they say, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. And, and I just have to say that with Savannah, I have, uh, I've never felt more 
at ease with being around somebody 24 seven because wow. I, I I've tried it before and it doesn't always come easy to yeah. find somebody that you can just be around that much, but yeah. we're pretty much every day, all day, everywhere, you know, so we're together all the time and it feels so natural. So yeah, we, we, we just, got lucky, but we, you know, we've both been unlucky in love before. So sometimes nice. it takes that unfortunately to, to realize what you're missing um, and, and make you go look for what, what really makes your heart sing. That's right. You know, exactly. uh, to add a little bit to that, I, I know that <clears throat> there it, there is no reason for any regret in your life. And as well, you know, sometimes the things you really want the most aren't on the path that you're intended to be on. Yeah. So if a person could learn that young, I'm 66 years old and just now figured that out. You know, <laughs> it's like, wow, yeah. I wish I'd have known that. Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, you know. If the universe doesn't want me to be doing something right now, so be it. Because that released me from the feeling of, oh mm. my God, I've got to be the male version of Taylor Swift, or I'll I'll feel <laughs> inadequate. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I always thought of myself as the white Michael Jackson. You know, I wanted to do something <laughs> fantastic. I yeah. thought God had put a finger on me. You know, it was a sickness, really. Yeah, to be thinking and following something so bizarre as to uh, actually think that the world owed me uh, a career of that kind of thing or whatever. Right. So, uh, you know, what? I, I think that certain environments promote that. Mm-hmm. And I think Nashville, for me, was one of those because yeah. it has so much happening there. And it's not just country music. There's a lot of uh, other people that come to town and right and so i don't know i I moved away and with savannah we found success and we did not measure it by dollars right we measured it by our happiness and it's just amazing to finally get to enjoy the rest of my life knowing that little secret and yeah. that's one thing i would pass on to any musician that's making it their life just know that, you know, there's no security necessarily, and there's also no big payout. Nobody's just going to call you up and go, hey, Rosemary, wake up. You're successful. <laughs> I, yeah. I swear, I, that's what I always thought. I was going to wake up, and, like, a tooth fairy came and left me success under my pillow. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you guys have had some good success you know i think this is your 11th studio album um that you're about to release on friday on a mission and i i read where the washington times uh called you one of the best duos since johnny and june um i would i would say that was a pretty good measure (laughs) or a pretty good uh, accolade to take with you well you know we use that all the time (laughs) that is something that will stay with us it's uh it's a, a great compliment, yeah. and, and uh, I think that, that when people see us play, certainly there are other people out there that have a blend, and they have this, and they have that, or whatever, but there's something about it. I think that people see some sort of connection soul-wise when we're playing together, and it makes them feel good, and I think they might recognize it on, on a recording. 
Yeah. You know, just the vibrations that we make through our voices. And so, uh, it's, uh, that's a great compliment. So we, we actually really take that and, and just we have believe it. The whole, I guess, stage banter, if you will, you know, we sure. just kind of, we just take who we are on stage. We just, uh, try to be that. It's a know. bit of a Sony and share type thing. We yeah. have a lot of humor and stuff. So, so tell me about the new record on a mission, uh, set to release on Friday, March 1st. Um, all new material. Is that right? Well, I'll tell you what, off, off this, you know, prior to this recording, the interview, we had talked about people putting out music on cassettes. Right. <laughs> we did like that. Yep. Well, I recorded a lot of music on cassettes and tape and all that from the last 45 years of just being a musician. So I, I went back through my whole catalog and after peeling through some really bad songs, I would find occasionally something where I was just spot on for what's happening right now. So it's a lot of it is a collection of my past. Mm, mm -hmm. And what I did was I put the demo in and used my demo as a click track and tried to make it as much like that as I could. Mm. And, and then just take the original demo out and I would have like a, the, you know, a modern day recording of what I did 40 years ago. Cool. So, yeah, it's kind of like that. But. Anthony's got bags of dats <laughs> just laying around the house or in the attic or I don't know. These dat spread out everywhere. But, you know, he was going through a bag <laughs> and uh, I thought I knew all of Anthony's songs. He's got probably over 400 songs, but I do know a lot of them. Um, but I didn't ever have access to the dat tapes. Mm. So, he just, you know, discovered this one dat tape in particular. It had uh, "Try to Make It Look Like Me," "Burn," and "On a Mission" on that particular tape, and mm -hmm. I had never heard those songs before, mm. and just immediately fell in love with them. And I was so I was really excited about it. I was at a good place musically back then. Sometimes you like your hair can get in a weird spot you know your music can get in a weird spot yeah just being influenced by things and uh but at this particular time i <coughs> excuse me i was just right in a good spot yeah and so well it's interesting that you yeah. that you said that they're they're kind of from different eras of your past I, listening through the tracks i i could hear uh and i can't tell you which one made me think these things but i would hear like elements of the beatles and uh the band america and santana and pure prairie league all, all of those kinds of things and I, I know that you've had uh exposure with different uh elements of of those artists in the past but it makes sense to me now that i would hear those things because these songs weren't necessarily written last month to, to be on a new album so um that's right it, it's yeah. it was neat to hear that that 70s and 80s uh vibe sneaking through just about every one of those songs that's a good way to look at it. i appreciate that i take it as a big compliment because ultimately it boils down to like on burn the single that we have there's a big note that i hit on the bass string of of my electric guitar that just goes you know, and, and it's just ringing out there. And it's, it's, it's totally like a Neil Young 
sound being that I worked with Neil, but I loved Neil Young's music before I ever got a call from his manager mm-hmm. to work with him. So it was just in my blood. Most people my age grew up loving James Taylor or whoever. I never fell for it. I, you know, uh, I just never went down that singer songwriter route. Right. I always loved rhythm and drums and bass. And just, I'm a producer. I play all those instruments and, so I just, but I did, I, I added little things subconsciously to these songs that, that just, and plus at this stage of my life, I have some great equipment, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a, a 1955 Fender concert and a 19, you know, early tweed champ amp and all these great amps. And, and so I used them with these old, beautiful microphones, electric voice, ribbon mics, and oh, just yeah. wow. telefunken and whatever. So I never had access to that when I was recording these songs originally. So they're done on a cassette tape yep. <laughs> or a, a four track, you know, and so maybe we'll put which, out <laughs> thinking I might put them out now that you've enlightened me <laughs> that they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to see you do that. So yeah. how will you guys support this um, for your fans? What kind of what kind of tour are you looking at? Do you have something lined up for the spring and summer coming up to share this? We do. Tell them. Well, we're headed out to California. Um, we're playing the Strawberry Music Festival in Grass Valley okay. on May 24th. So we'll be out that way. Um, Anthony and I want to go to the Grand Canyon together so we're just kind of making memories um, while we do it you know it's just the trip out west is just we've done it uh once before we played strawberry back in 2019 and we just loved it so much but we really want to spend some time in california um so maybe play along the coast we'll see what happens cool yeah fun so yeah we're gonna be spontaneous there you go i like that <laughs> so how can people um, get a copy of the new record listen are you doing some videos how can how can people enjoy this new music yeah we're working on uh a new video now for the uh for the single burn and so that'll be out soon and then uh you can just go uh the best way is always of course the artist website at sugarcanejane.com mm-hmm uh, but it's out, you know, it's out for streaming everywhere, but we've got colored vinyl coming out oh, April, sweet. hopefully before the record store day. So I'm hoping for April 19th. So. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And we'll probably be making up some cassette tapes. Now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. Cassettes and, and, and all of that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys. It's it's been fun catching up and and um, kind of reconnecting with your story. And and uh, I I really love the new album. And it's um that 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 sound that you guys have captured is is starting to come back too. And and I love that feel. That kind of that summertime seventies California, uh, you know that that vibe that that just kind of felt uh, just. Uh, innocence almost you know before any of the crazy stuff started to happen um so i love that thank you yeah um so yeah i I wish you well with it and thanks for taking the time to talk to us absolutely i hope we get to do this again someday i would love to yeah i'd love to to get together and and uh continue this conversation (laughs) well we'll we'll be here and uh best of luck to you thanks greg
Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.